Teresa Hildebrand, and this is Organized Chaos. We take a deep dive into living with intentionality, focusing on what's important in our lives so we can truly feel our best. It may feel chaotic at times, but with a little organization, the right mindset, and a ton of self-love, we can still thrive. Join me as we talk to other busy moms and experts who will share tips and strategies to help you reach your goals. Hope you enjoy this episode of Organized Chaos. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everyone, back to the show. I have a really special guest with us today. I have Kate McDougall. Kate is a mom of two, an elementary school teacher, a podcaster, and an ed tech founder. She hosts the Evolved Marriage Podcast with her husband of 17 years, where they help couples have fun with growth and intimacy in their marriage. Thanks for joining us today, Kate. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, Our husbands uh, know each other and Mm -hmm. they connected us. And I think it's wonderful because it's always great to connect with other couples that, um, you know, they're like-minded, are, you know, looking for growth and are just doing amazing things. So um, tell us a little bit more about you and, you know, how you guys got involved with, you know, talking about marriage. (laughs) Um, for us, it was kind of part of our own therapy. <laughs> we decided that it became super important for us to um, share a message and to uh, speak about our past because it had a huge, a huge impact on our relationship. And it really brought us to a place where the, to the place where we're at now. Um, so had we not gone through our past, we wouldn't have, you know, been doing all of this. We wouldn't have been doing the growth and things like that. Um, so I guess to get more into our past, (laughs) Eric and I had a pretty rough beginning, a rough start, um, where we, well, actually like the start was great when we didn't have kids and we were both, you know, having fun and still in school. And, um, it was just kind of like after we got married and reality hit and Eric wasn't home many nights and he was working evenings as a server in different restaurants and he'd be coming home at whatever hours in the morning And then we had kids and that was still happening. (laughs) It just wasn't um, the best lifestyle at the moment. Um, Eric became very dependent on alcohol. And then our relationship just kept kind of going downhill. Um, He became very abusive verbally and at one point even physically. So it was either we were going to leave each other or we were going to make some serious changes. And we decided to make those serious changes. And, um, and then, yeah, so I guess our journey started there and we started growing and learning uh, together and separately. And then we decided, you know what, I think it would be really healthy to share our story with other people who might be in the same situation as us. Because when we were going through it, it was hard to find people who were ready to be open and vulnerable about what they were going through in their relationship. It was hard to find couples outside of our circle, sorry, in our own circle that were going through what we were going through, or even who was just accepting that, like, 
relationships aren't supposed to become dull. They're not supposed to become stagnant. They're not supposed to die off. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends, when I would talk to them, they'd say, you know, it's normal. You guys have been together for so long. It's normal. These things are happening. And I was like, that is not normal. (laughs) So I guess that's where our, that's why we started talking about it because we really wanted to open up and we wanted people to know that this wasn't normal and that there was a way out and we wanted people to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel if they decided to take the same journey as we did. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Um, And I think that I can see similarities in our story. And I know that like the listeners will also resonate with your story as well. Um, And it takes a lot of, well, there's a lot of vulnerability, right? When Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, like you want to know that you're not alone, right? So you try to seek others um, to see that like you are not alone, but also that there's another way, right? There's another way of life. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't want to hear it's normal, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's like the last thing you want to hear. But how did you guys, or what, like, what was the first step that you guys took? And I know it doesn't have, obviously it doesn't happen overnight. Like change doesn't happen overnight, but what was that step that you guys took um, other than accepting, Hey, something's got to give, right. Something's got to change. What was that for you guys? It was definitely taking ownership for our own responsibility in the downfall of our relationship. Mm -hmm. At that point, it was very easy for me to point fingers at Eric and to be like, you're the reason we're broken. You're the reason we're, we're, we're on the verge of separation. You're, you're, you're without really, um, turning the fingers on myself and seeing like, Hey, you had some part in this. You were just as you're just as much to blame because you decided to stay. You decided Mm -hmm. to put up with the abuse. You decided to put up with this. So that was your choice. And it was then when I started taking ownership for my side of the story and Eric started taking ownership for what he was doing in the relationship that we were both able to really um, start working on it. And then what that looked like is we did a lot of couples therapy. We did a lot of individual therapy because what happened when we started doing couples therapy, we realized we both had some serious baggage (laughs) we needed to work on. (laughs) And then, um, so couples therapy just wasn't cutting it. It was good for the two of us, but there was things we needed to work deeply on individually in order to heal ourselves before we could show up in a proper way for our relationship. So that was definitely our, our start was counseling and therapy and lots of time. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, when you, you're talking about couples therapy and I mean, as individuals, we need to work on ourselves. Right. And like, this is, this goes back to the ownership. You have to take ownership of your part, right. Um, not always the responsibility, like you don't always have to take responsibility, but you do have to take ownership right. of, you know, what, what you can do. So, you know, when you're talking about like couple therapy, there's always these two individuals, like you said, have baggage that, you know, you really need to work on individually. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great that you guys were able to do that. Um, and, you know, obviously find your way here. Um, we don't want to skip too far in, but like, what was like, 
you know, some of the, the growth that you both went through, like on this journey, like what was like, I guess maybe my question would be like, what were like the resources um, that you found helpful along the way? Well, for us, it was definitely um, community. So uh, after doing couples therapy and things like that, as much as couples therapy is great, um, you still need a community. You still need people you can rely on. Couples therapy is once every other week or once a month. Um, in between, <laughs> things still happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, change doesn't happen overnight. So we weren't going from a place where we were fighting daily to like not fighting at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, And we weren't going from a place where we were fighting and yelling at the top of our lungs to completely being able to communicate, Mm -hmm. you know, properly. So um, I think for us, community played a huge part in that. So Eric joined a men's community. I joined a women's community. And through them, we were able to talk and we met some, um, some people who were also working on our marriages, on their marriages. And it kind of gave us perspective too, because when you're in those types of communities, you start meeting people who, you know, have gone through bigger things and more traumatic things than you in, in your own opinion, right? Like everyone's yeah. trauma is different, but sometimes in, when I was looking at some things people were going through, I was thinking, wow, like what I went through is nothing. And then some people were looking at what I was going through and saying like, wow, like that's incredible. Like, I can't believe you're still there. And, and, and they were seeing my trauma as bigger than theirs. But uh, in those communities, you meet so many different people. And for me, it was very important to be part of a women's community because, you know, it's easier to talk to women about women things. (laughs) Yes. And uh, so, yeah, so we were, uh, the community aspect was huge for us. It allowed us to grow. It allowed us to be surrounded by like-minded individuals who weren't just saying, it's normal, it's normal, it's Mm -hmm. normal. And they were saying, this isn't normal. And this is what I would do if I were you mm-hmm. and listening to us and giving us space to open up because for a long time, because I was so embarrassed about staying and embarrassed about who Eric kind of was, I stopped talking to my friends about it. I stopped talking mm-hmm. to my family about it. I was living this by myself. Mm-hmm. So when I was finally able to not only talk to a couple, like a therapist, but to talk to other women who were at a place where they wanted to work on their marriage. Um, That was like one of the most important resources for us. I think that alongside with the therapy was like life-changing because without those communities, um, we probably wouldn't have grown as quickly as we did. Mm -hmm. Um, We also did a lot of uh, work together where, where we would, you know, read books and we would, you know, our, our focus became on our marriage. Our focus shifted from, you know, being roommates, being, you know, hating on each other to learning how to love each other again. Mm-hmm. And so everything became about our, our relationship and how can we grow it this week and what can we do differently next week? And so, there was a lot of check-ins and there was a lot of planning. Um, we ended up, uh, and through one of our, commu- uh, both of our communities, they talked a lot about habits and, you know, uh, building healthy habits. So we made sure that in those habits we were building for ourselves to not only take care of ourselves individually, mm-hmm. we were building habits that would be healthy for our relationship. 
um, we were talking about, um, we, we started doing, taking better self, like care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started both working out, we started eating better, um, kind of like your journey a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we started really like taking care of our bodies, taking care of our minds, meditating, journaling, exercising, mm-hmm. um, to show up in a different way. So those I would say are like the top resources was really like the community aspect and then the the growth aspect together mm-hmm. as a couple, but also individually. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Just you saying, yeah, we started working out together. That was like, it took me back to how like we started where, I mean, this was, I don't know, 10 years into our marriage, but just that one simple habit, mm-hmm. like just snowballed into something really incredible. So I want to know like what you guys, cause now it's kind of like you go, you went through that struggle, mm-hmm. you found your community, you went through growth and you're, you're kind of on the other side and you're, you're now teaching others, right? You're now like helping others kind of see that hope, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you do and what are your, what, like, what's your mission with what you do um, with couples? Our mission is really like, I think like any other people that help other couples is to really lower the divorce rate. Mm-hmm. It's because there's so many couples uh, that we see. Uh, Eric, Eric is a men's coach. So he sees a lot of uh, men who are willing to, and ready to give up on their marriages. And he sees, uh, I see like being a teacher, I work in this, in staff rooms and, and, you know, the conversation around staff rooms and, and just around, not just my, my, uh, coworkers, but around, you know, other women and, and just in the communities that I'm part of, we see a lot of people just say, you know, it's too hard. They wash their hands of it and that's it. Like, I can't do this. I'm unhappy. So they become unfaithful or they um, just completely shut down and they just become ghosts in their own marriage or they leave each other. So our mission is to show people that like you can hit rock bottom in your relationship. You can really, really feel like you're drowning and there is still a way out if you're both willing to put the work into it. Um, that you never need to feel completely discouraged by your relationship because there are people out there to help you. There are people out there who have or are going through the same things as you and you don't have to do it alone. So when we're talking to couples in our podcast or when Eric is doing his coaching, um, we really try to base everything off of that. Like no problem is too big of a problem if you're willing to work on it. If you're willing to make the big changes in your life in order to uh, grow and evolve as a couple. That's awesome. I absolutely love that. And just, you. <laughs> you know, just thinking about like, just based off of my, uh, my background and Mark's background growing up, we, we both come from, you know, broken homes Our mm-hmm. both of our parents got divorced um, and then remarried. And it, it makes such a huge difference to, you know, like kind of keep that family unit. Obviously there are times when 
that is appropriate, right? Um, but I, I love that your guys's mission is to really lower the divorce rate because that can make such a huge impact on the lives of the children if there's children involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you see, speaking of that, like what do you see now that you guys are, you know, have worked on your marriage and everything and are growing, how do you see that effect on your children? It's huge. It's such a huge effect. Unfortunately, um, it, my son was about four years old when we started working on our marriage. My daughter was maybe like going on to two years old. So, um, it was hard for them because I, we, we got to a place where we were fighting so much that my son would come up to us and put his hands up in like mm-hmm. a stop position. And he'd be like, stop fighting, stop fighting, please stop mm-hmm. fighting. He would tell us that we needed to take breaks. He would tell us that we needed to separate and, and take a time out and oh, don't wow. go take a breather. Like our, our big saying in our family is uh, you need to calm your, your fire. Like, because the fire inside you. (laughs) Yeah. So um, he would tell us, you need to go calm your fire. And he would start calling Eric names because I'm, when we argue, I'm much quieter. Um, Not to say that it's any better because (laughs) I used to shut down, but it just seems from the outside, like Eric is much more aggressive because he'll talk and he's very passionate when he talks. Mm -hmm. And he used to yell a lot and I would just shut down and not say anything. So on the outside for my son, it looked like mommy was being, you know, pushed around Mm -hmm. and, you know, yelled at constantly. So he started calling daddy names and he would tell him how mean he was and and it really affected their relationship so um I mean luckily he's he was still young enough that we we knew that if we started working on our marriage that um his relationship with his dad could could change and um we didn't you know he didn't have to witness those things anymore so he didn't have to think like this is what a marriage is because when we both decided, okay, it's time to work on our marriage. Like we really need to do something about this. Our biggest motivator were the kids. Mm -hmm. We did not want them to grow up and think that this, this is what a marriage is supposed to look like. I didn't want my daughter to grow up thinking that it was normal for your husband to yell at you all the time and uh, push you and, you know, call you names and tell you, you know, that you're not good enough. And I also didn't want my son to grow up thinking that that's the way you could speak to a woman. Mm-hmm. I also didn't want my gro- daughter to grow up to think that it was when somebody yells at you, you just sit there and take it mm-hmm. because that's what I was doing. Yeah. So when we decided to work on the marriage, it was, it was really for them. It was to show them that this is not what a marriage is supposed to be. Because like you, you know, growing up, I didn't have the best model. My parents stayed together, but they weren't necessarily happy together. Mm -hmm. And um, Eric's parents are are separated. So we never really had a healthy model for a marriage. So we don't even know what that looks like. We're just making it up as we go along. And we Mm -hmm. kind of through our communities. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's nice going through communities, right? Because then you meet healthy couples and then you're like, oh, okay, we could do like them. We could be like, (laughs) we could be like them. Um, So with us working on our marriage, um, we saw a, a bigger impact on my son because he was a little bit older, but there's definitely more calm in the house. Um, there's less yelling, uh, 
he and my daughter are both like amazing at expressing their emotions mm -hmm. and expressing themselves because I was never really taught to do that. So through myself, my work on myself, um, I needed to learn to express myself and I needed to learn to express my emotions. And I learned do I learned how to do that through reading kids' books. Oh wow. <laughs> with my kids. So all the books in our library were all about emotions and you know how you feel because I couldn't tell inside the difference between being angry and being sad and being um, you know, frustrated or whatever other emotion I was living that day. So by reading those books, it sounds silly, but it really, really changed my life. And because I was reading them to my kids, um, now they have a very, very uh, acute, like emotional intelligence because mm -hmm. they're, that's what we talk about now. And so now we make it a priority to gross out our kids every day and we make <laughs> it a priority to um, show our kids, you know, uh, what a healthy marriage is like right now, our biggest, my biggest thing that I'm working on is teaching them, you know, about affection towards your husband, not saying, you know, okay, kids, let's sit down and let me teach you why it's important, <laughs> but just by showing it and modeling yeah. a healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kissing Eric, patting him on the bum, like, you know, mm -hmm. being kind of flirty around them because, that's something I never saw my parents do. So mm -hmm. when I used to see other couples do it, I'd be like, ew, that's so weird. Like, and so <laughs> right. that that in itself kind of translated into my marriage where, you know, Eric would like flirt with me in front of the kids. He'd like tap me on the bum and I'd be like, oh my gosh, don't do that in front of the kids. Like that's inappropriate. <laughs> but when I was doing that, I was teaching the kids that it's inappropriate to do that to your spouse. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do it to anyone in the world, it should be to your spouse. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much the only person you have full permission from. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's like our mission right now is what my mission is like to show them what a healthy relationship looks like through um, physical intimacy that's appropriate in front of kids, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's definitely had a major impact on them. Uh, I can hear my son speaking very differently about a relationship now. He'll, before he never wanted to be married, he used to tell us like, and it, this is like a little three-year-old telling us this, like, I'm never going to get married. It's too hard. I'm never going to have kids. It's too hard. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like he's so little. And this is his perspective of marriage that it's hard. Like marriage isn't supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be like a wonderful growth opportunity but he was seeing it as like it's too hard yeah. so now he talks about you know how he wants you know a lot of wives and a lot of kids but I'm like okay we'll <laughs> get like, there we'll get there I want it all <laughs> yeah he's like I love I love being married <laughs> so he started you know having girlfriends at school and things oh like that gosh. so it was a major <laughs> shift for him like yeah. I mean he's still he's still a baby he's just in grade mm -hmm. two but it's just sweet to see him, you know, have that shift in perspective when it comes to marriage, because it was definitely affecting him. And he would, you know, have fits at night. He wouldn't want to go to bed. He, you know, like all kinds of like negative repercussions from him not, um, not having that like stable relationship at home. 
and being constantly surrounded by yelling and angry parents. And then because we would fight, you know, we'd ignore each other all day. And then he was kind of stuck in the middle of like, where do I go? <laughs> like, yeah. And so, yeah, there's definitely been a huge shift in our family in the way, you know, we talk we talk about marriage now and the way and the things they're seeing and you can definitely feel it. Like, I think before, if you walked into our house, it would feel like knives were stabbing you everywhere. Cause it was just this like awkward, like, Oh, something's like not right in this house. Mm-hmm. But now you walk in and it's Zen and it's calm and the kids are happy and we're happy. And we've had a lot of people who know us like compliment our relationship and just say like, wow, you guys like are unrecognizable like we would not even recognize you from and this is just like four years ago like that we started working on a relationship so we're still in it like we're still in the thick of things we're still figuring out out, figuring it out every day and I've always been the kind of person that's like when is this going to be done when are we going to figure it out when are going to be going to (laughs) be the perfect couple and then we're done like we're just going to be that perfect couple And slowly what I'm learning and finally starting to put into my mind is (laughs) that, that, that never happens. You're never the perfect couple. Yeah. Constant growth, constant evolution, constant change. And when things seem great, keep going. Right. There's something else you can add to it and there's something else you can change. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're, we're not looking for perfection, right? That's just not it's not, possible. it's unattainable. It's right. unattainable. And when you're always reaching per- for perfection, you get like very disappointed because you're just like, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it right. I'm never going to get there. And it's like, of course you're not doing it right. And you're never going to get there. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to be perfect. Nobody does. Right. So as long as you're giving it your best shot every day and you're putting in, you know, you're putting in a hundred percent, your husband's putting in a hundred percent, you give each other grace for the days you can't like, then there's no way you can't get through anything. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have a, a fun question for you. Sure. And, you know, this is, this is about kind of thinking back and looking at how far you've come. So if you were able to speak to your old self, when you <laughs> first started dating Eric, um, what would you tell her? Honestly, I would tell her to leave him. Wow. It sounds crazy. It really does. But there's a huge part of me that feels that if I had left him and he had found himself sooner Mm -hmm. and I had found myself sooner, like if we could go back, I would say, leave him and do all the work, do all of this and then go find him again. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because what happened is because of all of our past and everything that's happened, um, we have, we both have a lot of trauma from that past, our past relationship. Yeah. I have, you know, in my head, I have the old Eric and I have the new Eric Mm -hmm. and there's still parts of me that are angry and resentful towards the old Eric. And, I've not come to a place yet where I've been able to bury that Eric and put him away for good and trust that the new Eric is there to stay. So because of that trauma, because of everything that's happened in the past, um, there's a part of me that wishes sometimes that when things were at their worst or even before they got there, Mm -hmm. that we would have taken that space to grow individually 
Mm -hmm. And then that we would have been able to find each other again as these new individuals and not have all of this trauma and not have all of this like baggage that now, not only do we have to work on ourselves, do we have to work on the relationship, but now we have to get rid of this major trauma and that's hard. That's, that's going to take a long time to do. Yeah. So that's what I would tell her. Unfortunately, that's not, it's not the <laughs> nicest answer, but that's what I would tell her. But I would tell her there's hope. There's yeah. hope. Hey, but that's your truth, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And Eric would agree. He'd probably tell me the same <laughs> thing. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell her no way. No. Yeah. <laughs> tell her to walk away. Yeah. Well, this has been lovely. Um, is there anything that before we wrap this up, is there anything that we haven't brought up that you would love to tell the audience? I would just love to tell them that, um, just kind of what I was saying earlier, there's always hope for your marriage. There's always, it doesn't matter how far you feel it's gone. And I can hear people yelling at their, their radios or whatever they're listening to it (laughs) on their phones and saying like, no way. Like it's not, it's not like, I'm telling you, my husband's different. It's impossible. No, no. I'm telling you it is possible. If you are willing to change your marriage, if you are willing to put in the work 100%, all of your energy towards it, you can definitely change your marriage and you can grow and evolve and it can be the marriage of your dreams, but you just have to be ready and willing to do the work. Yeah. That's a great message. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for your time. If someone wants to get a hold of you or check you out on social media, how can they find you? It's uh, at evolved underscore marriage on Instagram and everything else we do is at our web on our website at evolvedmarriage.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Hey, if you love listening to the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast on iTunes, go to the show and scroll to the bottom underneath ratings and reviews and click on write a review. Thanks so much for listening and tune in to our next episode.